Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. We're here with Dr. Leslie Dossett, Michigan Medicine Surgical Oncologist, to talk about transition from cancer patient to chronic disease patient. While Dr. Dossett's clinical focus is on breast cancer, skin cancer, sarcoma, and complex GI malignancies, her academic focus is on healthcare delivery and decision-making, including the interface between primary care providers and cancer specialists. Welcome, Leslie. When patients complete treatment, what's next for them medically? Well, I think about um, when when cancer patients finish up their um, acute um, active cancer treatment, um, the first thing I think about is just uh, them overall recovering from their cancer treatment. They may need to uh, rega- regain strength or stamina or even uh, function. You know, if you think about some of the side effects of our cancer treatments, whether it be chemotherapy or surgery, radiation, often those um, cause patients to lose weight or they aren't as active as they were able to, or even with some surgeries, uh, they need some period of rehabilitation. So I think the first overall uh, important thing for them medically is just to to uh, recover from their, their cancer treatments uh, to their baseline health. I think a second important thing uh, related to their overall medical um, situation after they finish their cancer treatment is really recovering from an emotional and mental health standpoint. Um, Obviously, active cancer treatment can be very, um, you know, it can can weigh a lot on patients uh, emotionally and from a mental health perspective. And just having an opportunity to step back from active treatment and not have to go to the the, uh, hospital or their medical oncologist as frequently and to get some space uh, from uh, the active treatment, I think, is really important to their overall um, medical care that's uh, doing some things to, you know, to look after their overall wellness. Um, I think that's really important. And then finally, I think optimizing their overall health, uh, paying attention to some other health problems that may have been neglected uh, during their active cancer treatment, things like their blood pressure, their cholesterol, their diabetes management, um, etc. And these are really important because they have implications on um, their future cancer recurrence risk, um, on how they recover from the side effects of the treatment, and also their ability to deal with a re- cancer recurrence if it does happen in the future. So actually in the intro, I mentioned um, a cancer patient move into a chronic disease type patient. So is cancer a chronic disease? I think it really depends on what cancer type that you're considering. Um, some patient, or I'm sorry, some cancers certainly can be chronic conditions. Um, An example of that might be um, some blood malignancies like uh, low-grade leukemias and lymphomas, etc. But I think some are not chronic. Um, We anticipate them uh, being treated and cured in in an early, you know, stage fashion and don't anticipate those being a problem long term. So I really think it's that's a question that's very uh, cancer type and stage specific. So along those lines though, um, if someone has the potential to recurrence, how is it determined from a care standpoint to help manage that hopeful lack of recurrence? Well, again, it depends a lot on the cancer type and, and the stage at presentation. And that's something that, you know, each patient has to discuss with their treatment team as 
regards to their long-term risk for recurrence. Some early stage cancers, we can say with a relatively high degree of certainty, won't ever come back. Those would be early stage breast cancers, thyroid cancer, prostate cancer, these uh, cancers that are often detected on screening exams and are caught at a very early stage, the vast majority of those will never recur. Um, There are certainly other cancer types that are higher risk, um, particularly if they present at a more advanced stage, um, things like melanoma, a colorectal cancer, certainly pancreas cancer, esophageal cancer, et cetera, that many patients presenting with more advanced disease may be at risk for recurrence for the remainder of their lifespan and have to uh, really keep, keep a close eye on, on uh, things and, and maintain an active relationship with their treatment teams. So I think more in particular with the patient who has a higher risk of recurrence, uh, but I, I got to assume it would also, I would look at this the same way probably with um, ones with less risk, but with that higher risk of recurrence, how important is it for their primary care doctors to uh, be involved to know what's what's happening so that they can help manage that? I think that um, patients should maintain active relationships with their primary care physicians, really irrespective of their recurrence risk um, throughout their cancer continuum. And there's several really important reasons for that. Um, first of all, they often have longstanding relationships with their primary care physicians. Um, and their primary care physicians may be better equipped to uh, help cancel them through the psychosocial aspects of cancer care rather than a specialist that they've only met once or twice. Um, the primary care physician can also help manage their other medical problems throughout their active uh, treatment, again, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, et cetera, and those are really important for optimizing them for uh, cancer treatments like surgery. Um, And then in terms of, you know, future surveillance, I think this is where uh, there needs to be an active uh, communication between the cancer specialists and the primary care physicians. I think certainly for patients who are at high risk for recurrence, the cancer specialists are typically going to maintain a lot of control over the surveillance. So ordering um, images or lab tests that might be important for detecting early recurrence. What I think is important for the primary care physicians to know is, first of all, just kind of a general idea of the cancer type and the patient's overall risk for recurrence and how that recurrence might present, what types of things should they look out for. The other important thing for the primary care physician to understand is what long-term side effects might patients be at risk for uh, because of their cancer treatment. And again, Those are certainly going to be monitored by the cancer specialist, um, but many recurrences are detected between visits with the cancer specialist, and having another set of eyes on the patient I think is really important. Kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is really good for a primary care physician to know um, when their patient comes back to them? Obviously, the obvious part is their diagnosis and the care, but are there certain things that they should be aware of to help manage them? I think understanding their general risk of recurrence uh, really can direct um, how closely the, 
the primary care physician needs to be watchful about recurrence versus um, helping the patient move on and addressing their other medical uh, problems. For patients who have very low risk of recurrence, as I mentioned before, some of the early stage um, you know, good prognosis cancers, uh, those patients oftentimes just need reassurance and then get, again, redirection and thinking about their overall medical uh, health and care. Uh, whereas patients that are at higher risk, um, looking out for kind of having an understanding of what recurrence might look like in those patients and, um, you know, asking, making sure to ask about symptoms um, or look for physical exam findings that might signify recurrence. We've talked a little bit about the clinical side aspect for patients and referring physicians uh, and primary care physicians, but, you know, your academic focus is on the delivery and decision-making, and is that geared more towards the patient and what their decision-making needs to be, what they should look for in in delivery of care, or is that geared towards uh, a referring primary care physician? I think when we think about decision-making, particularly around uh, cancer care, obviously we want to be patient-centered in our our healthcare delivery, Uh, but what we understand is that patients are heavily influenced by their physicians, Um, so a lot of the decision-making work that we do is focused on both patients and providers, again, because we know that sort of a provider's belief uh, will go a long way in influencing a patient's ultimate treatment decision. When it comes to that patient decision, and they're looking at it from a survivorship standpoint, okay, I'm now done with my treatment, you know, what other items or things should they be considering um, outside of making sure that they're on, on the same uh page with their primary care doctor to make sure certain things are are being checked? I think getting back to kind of what we think about when a patient has completed active treatment, what's next for them, um, really optimizing their overall health. Those are the things I think patients need to be focused on after they um, finish their cancer treatment. Some of the things that we know uh, for sure that have significant impact on their risk of uh, recurrence and just overall long-term health, things like maintaining a normal body weight, eating a healthy diet, certainly um, smoking cessation, cessation if that hasn't been um, already addressed in the active uh, cancer treatment phase. Uh, those are really some important uh, components that patients should be focused on along and can work with their primary care physicians and making sure that those are optimized um, as they move out of uh, active cancer treatment into the survivorship phase. When we talk about this aspect of survivorship and um, phase, and we talk about the relationship between um, the cancer specialist, the primary care physician, and the patient for that uh, matter, how does that work? What is that interface between a cancer specialist and a primary care provider look like and, and, and what is being done to improve upon that if that needs to happen? I think the relationship depends a lot on um, the physical location of the various uh, physicians. Obviously, physicians, cancer specialists and primary care physicians that are working in the same health system 
they may see each other, they may um, share, you know, have offices in close proximity, may interact on a more frequent basis and be able to talk about patients uh, direct face-to-face. But as particularly at least complex cancer care becomes regionalized, oftentimes patients are traveling long distances to specialty centers um, and maintaining a, you know, a relationship between the primary care physician and the cancer specialist can be quite challenging. Um, If you think about the patients that a primary care physician may care for, they interact with literally thousands of specialists, not just cancer specialists, but cardiologists, pulmonologists, rheumatologists, uh, etc. And when they, they just thinking about the sheer volume of communication that needs to happen uh, for a single primary care provider to various specialists can be quite daunting. Um, and oftentimes, a pa- an individual patient may be seeing two or three cancer specialists, um, which again can uh, be quite a lot of communication that needs to go back to the primary care physician. Uh, some of the things that we know are helpful is, um, or uh, number one would be if the um, specialists share a electronic health record with the primary care physician, and certainly um, the ability to access um, other facilities' electronic health records is um, vastly improved over the last decade, and, and it makes sort of keeping up with patients, accessing specialist notes, et cetera, much more uh, feasible. The other thing that I think is really important, for, and I think most of the burden here falls on the cancer specialist, is to reach out to the primary care physician after that initial consult, uh, particularly if it was the primary care physician referred the patient in the first place, um, to talk about kind of an overview of what the cancer treatment would look like, and then to really encourage the patient to maintain that relationship with their primary care physician throughout their treatment and um, after treatment's done, um, making sure to send some formal communication in the form of a survivorship care plan or sort of discharge summary from the, from the active treatment to make sure that the primary care physician, again, understands what the long-term risk is and what uh, things need to be at the forefront of their mind as they see the patient. With a lot of the other health-related issues that a patient may have, and with the vast amount of patients a primary care physician has and some of the communication we've talked about, why is transition of care important for, uh, for patients? Well, just like I talked about, the primary care physicians um, can be overwhelmed uh, with, with a lot of patients. Uh, the same is true for you know cancer specialists and cancer centers. As we have more and more patients surviving from cancer, it just becomes not feasible uh, for a cancer specialist to follow in every single cancer patient indefinitely. Um, in addition to that, it's not very patient-centered. Um, many of the patients that we treat here at Michigan Medicine travel very long distances uh, to come see us for their active treatment, and it just doesn't make sense uh, for them to to uh, take on that same travel burden uh, for routine surveillance or for um, you know certainly after they've gotten out of 
uh, sort of the, the highest risk uh, time period for recurrence. And it becomes really important just for them, for their travel burden and for um, access to, to care to be able to transition that care closer to home. Um, and because of that, it becomes important for the primary care physician to feel confident about taking care of that patient, to feel that they're appropriately informed about what to look for, and I think importantly also to know how to reaccess the cancer specialist in a, in a timely fashion should they, have, should they have concerns. Well, Leslie, really appreciate the time and a lot of really good information. As we kind of wrap up here, if you were to leave the listener with one key takeaway, what, what would that be? I think the key takeaway is um, the emphasis, to emphasize the role that the primary care physician has in cancer treatment. Certainly during the active cancer phase, the burden of care and the majority of care is going to fall on the cancer specialist. But for the patient to maintain some contact with their primary care physician so that they're informed and prepared uh, to assume that transition when the patient is, um, is at that point, as well as to uh, help manage the other medical uh, conditions throughout the cancer treatment phase. Uh, fortunately, a lot of our patients are living longer with cancer, being cured from cancer, and um, paying attention to those other uh, medical conditions and maintaining that relationship with the primary care physician becomes even more important. Well, again, thank you for the time and appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org.